This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. In this episode, I'm talking with Emmerich Thorpe. So the best way I can describe him is he's a purist at following is it what inspires him. Since I've met him, I knew he was different. Um, he's been my coach now, I think, well, at least three times on paper, but probably more than that. And he is absolutely inspiring because he's created his life in a way that supports his two greatest loves, which is learning, and being. So here's Emmerich. Hi, Emmerich, and welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for having me on your show. I'm quite excited, actually. (laughs) I hope so, because I think you were an integral part of the show actually coming to life. So let's start with that, how we met. Um, So we met on Oasis, which I think has been, like I've said before, my hotbed of finding inspiring people. And I think we knew we met pretty early on just through words on the site right when it launched, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, uh, for everybody's information, Emmerich is a, a gifted, spectacular, insightful, intuitive coach. Those are the four words I came up with off the top of my head, but I could so, probably come up with like 75 more. And mm-hmm. um, he, I've worked with him now two or three times, and I think he was part of me starting the blog and definitely guided me through finding what I really wanted in this podcast. So I have to thank you for that to start with, Emmerich. And you are welcome. So it's so fun having you here. And just before we got on the call, I was saying <laughs> how um, it's a little tricky, probably my most nervous conversation. I mean, I'm not really nervous, but it's just different because I know you so well, yet I hardly know you at all. It's a really crazy place. Mm -hmm. But um, what I've always known about you and admired about you and what, you know, brought my attention to you was that you live your entire life following your passions and inspiration, not just like one facet of it, but like Mm -hmm. everything you embody it and everything that you do. And I think that that's the magic. And so I'm Excited to hear about how you came mm-hmm. to be that person who embodies everything with that amount of passion. So where sure. do you, where do you do, where do you think we should start? I mean, where do you think? <laughs> when did that well, begin? That sounds sounds beautiful, and you know everybody has their perceptions and conceptions of others. Mm-hmm, right. So this is you know one way we see another person, um, but then there's also the inner madness and craziness and chaos and. Um, the struggles and the suffering that come with it and the lot, the, I call it like laughing with laughing while crying. (laughs) And and it's this idea, you know, we're, we're moving through life and we're also suffering, but we can see that like our struggles and it's kind of humorous in its, in its own way. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm only saying this to like throw down a little bit of humility because I think from the outside, you know, I, my life is very sort of mystical in its ways. And I, I, um, I foster that. 
And I do things in my life so that I can experience sort of more of, I don't know, the breadth of reality. Mm-hmm. And it seems when one lives their life, when I live my life a particular way, I touch into more of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that. And the more I go into it, the more I see that there is no separation, but not just in a way that, you know, one understands the idea of like oneness, but more in a, in a sense of like, this is actually my experience. And it's as if the things that are happening in my life reflect back that as a truth. Mm-hmm. And so all of these things for me meld in together. And I, I've never, <clears throat> excuse me, I've never, shouldn't say never, but for so long now, it's just, there's no separation. And I don't see the separation because there just isn't. And that's why I sort of like pull everything in to my life in a particular way. And that way it is mysterious. And there is an enchantment and a bewilderment to it that I enjoy and I'm in love with. And, but it's still, you know, from the outside, people will say that to me, that you seem mysterious or you're doing this or that. And for me, it's just who I am. Right. <laughs> so it's this relative aspect of just like, okay, um, I am crazy and slightly off kilter in many ways. And it's been, um, this is kind of funny, actually, for me, mm-hmm. I found okay. an old yearbook from junior high. Oh, those are yeah. scary. Those are so scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it said, oh, you're super cool, but you're really weird. And then right. I, like, Everybody said something similar, like, stay weird, stay, you're so strange, da, 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 da. And I was like, wow, because that is one of those things that has just been with me for a long time, apparently. And do so think, that's- Do you think that you became that because people, like, that's what people saw then? Because I think, well, first of all, the things people said in my yearbook, your yearbook were nothing as cool as that. But um, the, do you think that, that we embody that because that's what we sort of shape ourselves as at that age? Do you think that's- I, I'm not sure. I'm the antithesis of cool, so- I always tell people I'm super cool, but nobody knows it. Okay. <laughs> so, which, I always think you're really cool. I don't know. Maybe I just can't. Oh, right. Let's see. That's the thing. It's like our own individual perception. Right, so, right. right. Um, but I'm just, I'm just joking. Sometimes it's just, it's just interesting to like hold on to these ideas of like who and what we are. And, and I think in a, a lot of ways, like I practice a lot of letting go of anything and everything that I think I am. Hmm. And I play with the ideas, like even in our work together, you know, we flirt and play with the idea of like who we are and how we identify ourselves right. and the way that we tell stories about ourselves and the words we use and the imageries we imagery we use and the metaphors that we use to describe life. These things will construct our reality. Yeah, that's true. And it can go from the whole place of like from a wooey wooey level mm-hmm. all the way to, you know, like a very physical construct level of like what you have in your house around you and how you dress and the colors you place before you so on and so forth. So I think uh, that's so true. I mean, I think that, mm -hmm. that, you know, going back to what you said quite early in this amazing interview here is about how you, it's really the blend of all the things that makes like, you know, I was calling it like you're, you live a life that's passionate and that, but there's all these other parts of it that are like sticky and hard and, you know, we use different words, but really it is that whole experience. That's the beauty of it because we, Mm -hmm. it would be horrible to go through life without any challenges or obstacles or opportunities to learn. If all we had to do was dance around and like, be like a fairy, well, that wouldn't necessarily be horrible, but I don't think we'd (laughs) learn a lot doing that. Right. And we wouldn't have the richness of the experiences. So I like that you brought that out because on the surface, it appears, I think that you have carved out this perfect life, but it's really, 
it is in a sense, if you look at all those things as what make it per- makes it perfect, but it's really not what people think of initially, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so this is one of those things. So there's a couple of things that we could we can look at in there and what you said. There there are the contrasts. And so you mm-hmm. kind of hinted at the contrast. Right. Because we have the contrast, it gives us a more sort of vibrant experience of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that in some sense, but I think that gets overused uh, in the sense that, you know, people will be like, you have to suffer because if you don't suffer, then you can't know what joy is. Uh, I don't believe in that. And the reason why there's, there is a truth to that, but it's not so solid and absolute for me. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because, and this comes to like the relative aspect of our experience. Why is it that you, if you're at one level of joy, you have to suffer more so you can really understand what that joy is. What if you are at a level of joy and you experience, you know, a different type of ecstasy. Now you still have another contrast and a, you know, a, a playground to experience these different gradations right. of being. It's not like you have to suffer, have things go horrible to really experience life. Yeah. And now I'm going to flip it a little bit more even. So, the other thing, something happens in your life where you get to this, pl- not for everybody. I don't know. I I love the idea of awakening, whatever that means. And right. I have this concept and metaphor I call questing the unknown. And for, for as much as I can tell and as much experience I have with studies and talking to people, having like hundreds and thousands of conversations, mm-hmm. what happens at some point for some people, I think the more work you do and the deeper you go with this and the greater levels of awareness that you have, you begin to see that there's joy in the suffering. Mm-hmm. There's joy in the struggle and all of it is an experience. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is we, we label these experiences as one thing or another. So when we can see like, Oh, this sucks. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Then we can see that, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Now I'm making this something I don't like, which made it even more unpleasurable, which is kind of hilarious. Now mm-hmm. I'm even causing more suffering because right. of the attitude taking toward it, right. which we see that and then you're like, okay, well, this is just another experience, right? So um, I got on a bike wreck, for example, and I hit my head pretty good. And I do silly things like that in my imperfect uh, life. Uh-huh. Yes, I know. They, I have some of those same stories. Go on. Yes. And, you know, a lot of people would get mad or, you know, it, it was unfortunate or whatever it was. It was just what it was for me. So right. it was an opportunity to lie there, to, to lay down and have to rest and not be able to move for three days and just watch the pain in my body and the throbbing in my head and all of these things and watch my frustration with the fact that it put me behind on whatever it was I was doing Mm -hmm. at that time. And it's kind of like that, you know, I don't want it, but it's kind of the experience is almost fun and humorous and a pleasure in and of itself. Right. And so all of these things sort of kind of going on a tangent, but basically what happens is the labels that we put on things that we decide are like, I want more of this. I want less of Mm -hmm. that. Um, well, that's totally desirable. Sometimes at some point that also gets all wiped clean where it all just becomes totally neutral. Mm -hmm. And so you're just observing it all and taking it in as you do. And it all becomes part of a beautiful story to observe and watch. So you still still have to have some wants though, because otherwise you don't really know your direction you're heading, right? Right. No, that's the, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a really, you know, just being super honest, open and vulnerable here. It's, that has been a part of my life that's been super confusing for me because I, um, one of the other things that I love exploring is freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things again that we worked with and I love working with people on is what is freedom? What does it mean to be free? You know, Mm -hmm. there's these types of freedom, like freedom from doing things, but then there's this freedom of being. 
Um, and when we're looking at like freedom and then you start to even pull that and tease that apart a little bit, then you start looking at attachment Mm -hmm. and desires. And then you start looking at like, Oh, wow, this is going to be, I'm going to kind of jump. So then all of a sudden you start to observe those things. Then you start to put that and juxtapose that with our environment. And, uh, this is kind of a gross example, but you'll see gross in the sense of like very obvious. Do you see, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you see, say advertising or a, uh, a, uh, a particular image or video. And all of a sudden you're watching that video and you're observing yourself all of a sudden have all these immense desires mm-hmm. to have these things that you didn't want a few minutes before. Right. And now this video is stimulating something in you that's making you like want all these maybe material goods, or you're like, I need to start working out. I need to get fitter. I need to get some money. I need a new car. I need this or that. I want, you know, to ever, to attract whatever that is. And you can literally watch these desires, um, bubble up and mm-hmm. billow within and you see that and you're just like, wow, uh, who is creating my wants? Mm-hmm. Am I doing it? Right. Or is it my external environment? Like where do these desires and wants come from? And then what happens is that, that is so obvious when you see that advertising and you feel it in your body and it like turns you on and you start feeling this, these movements within. And when you start seeing that, then you start to question that even more so Then you have that subtler levels where we have our own. Um, this comes back to one of your original questions when you're saying when, you know, when I was in junior high, did I construct myself? because of what people said or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an answer for that, but That's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it comes back to it because you start exploring your own mm-hmm. identity and how that was built or how you, you built it yourself. So you're having this all stretch out over time and you're seeing like you have these wants and this is like in um, sort of in the, you know, self-help coaching world, there's a lot of these ideas, are you living your parents' life or are you living your own life, right? Because yeah. that's a true thing. Like we get caught up and we don't know who we are. Right. We don't know what it is we really want or we're living a, um, I don't know how much I can share with of your own story, but I'll just let you do that. But there are things like we know that we're living into an ideal that we thought we had to live into because of Society. the way it's defined for us earlier on, right? Right. And I, that's definitely true. I mean, I, and I, I'm not saying any regrets to any of it, but what I did, because I'm, I think it was all part of my my path and my lessons and my life. Sure. But um, yeah, I went. Oh, you have to, you know, gra- go to college and graduate and get a job and meet somebody and, and get married and buy a house and have kids and mm-hmm. and then everything is perfect, you know. And then all of a sudden you go, wait a second, <laughs> where in that where in that was that me? And and it's again, no regrets. I mean, I'm so happy with all of the things that I've been blessed sure. with. But there was something. There was, I think people really need to examine what's them, what is really, really, truly you. And I think you're so right that we get it from our environment and from marketing and experiences, but somehow it's so great to step out and go, what is really me? Right. The the earlier that you can know that, the better. Yeah. And there might not, you may never find an answer, but that's okay too. It may change over time. Like what was me five years ago might be different from what's, what's really me now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I love that actually. It's part of the fun. It's part of the discovery yeah. is part of like the biggest part of the fun. Absolutely. Um, I have a question for you. So what do you think life would be like for you if you had no wants? Hmm. Okay. Let me think about that. If I had no wants, that's a tough one. I shouldn't really pause that long because we're recording, but so I was, well, okay. I was trying I, to sort I, it I out in my sense. head a little bit. So if I had no wants, then um, part of that is what fuels me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's hard to know, but I, I, I like the wants to be um, from me and not from out, uh, external uh, influences. But 
I'm trying to think like, I know my, my end game want of what I really, you know, something mm-hmm. that's really big that I want. And if I got there and that was going on, what would I want next? And maybe yeah. I would just want to enjoy it and just yeah. be, I think that's what mm-hmm. it would be. I would just keep playing with what I want, not what I want, but I would there, I would just play all the time. It would just always be play. So there's your answer. If I had no wants, mm-hmm. I would just play all the time. Right. I like that. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. So this is a str- this is the strange confusion and the paradox of being. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can, you ask me, you know, what happens if you don't have any wants? Well, you have to want something. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have any wants, th- again, this is I'm going to qualify the statement. This is not a judgment upon wanting or desiring. It's just an exploration of an idea. Right, right. right? When you have no wants, you are in some sense, very free. Right. Because then you are just coming from a place of being. And then it's all play. It's all play. You're almost in a state of, you know, using an overused word, in a state of flow. Mm -hmm. I like that. And this is not to say we shouldn't have desires and we don't, and that we, you know, desires are bad or any of that stuff. It's, it's the opposite of that. So when you recognize this truth that you just recognize, and, you know, I think it's a small truth and maybe a big truth. Mm Mm-hmm. It allows a space for you to do and create whatever it is you want to create mm-hmm. because you're recognizing that no matter what, I'm, I'm perfect with what I have and where I'm at. Right. It's a hard really, place to get to in this world. I mean, I think I shouldn't say it like that, but it takes effort to get to that place. Don't you think? It, it may. I kind of think it's actually our natural state of being. Okay. And I think seeing that and then just practicing it and then just being in a conversation around the idea mm-hmm. helps and stimulates us in that regard. Well, actually, I was going to say, let me rephrase that. I think in our society, it's almost like we need to deprogram, like pull out mm-hmm. those tapes and put in the new ones. Yeah, perhaps. I think, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm really kind of a stickler for ideas and, and language in this regard. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, what you're saying basically metaphorically would be something that I would say as well. You're, you don't even have to pull out anything you're just it's just you have to recognize it's just recognizing Mm -hmm. your natural state of being and who you are it's almost as if going to work on all our beliefs and all of these things it's Mm -hmm. that's just overwhelming it's too much you know i have a a gazillion different belief systems probably buried upon beliefs i can never attend to all of them or address all of them but i don't need to because once i see my natural state of being it automatically by default takes care of everything else. So you're, you're talking a lot about being an observer of your life, right? Is that a fair <clears throat> statement? Excuse me. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that is part of it. Okay. Cause I think that that's a concept that a lot of people don't understand that that is a newer concept for people in some ways, you know, we're mm-hmm. so used to, we, I think, well, at least in my life, I was sort of trained or conditioned to be in in every emotion versus mm-hmm. observing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I, I don't anymore, but it's part mostly, sure. but it's, it's taken some retraining. Yeah. Okay. So for me, like it's very important for anyone that's listening to this, just to be your own guru and your own expert, because that's all I teach. That's all I want for anyone is right. to be their own expert on themselves. Right. And I love dissent because what we're saying is there's no, absolute with it necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm, right. And it can be a very convoluted conversation around these ideas because I'm not saying, you know, be an observer only or don't explore or feel your emotions. Mm -hmm. I love being taken by my emotions. 
but I don't want to be bound by them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. When you have these greater levels of awareness, and I think like, you know, again, using this term loosely, like when you wake up more and more to your life, you actually get to experience a greater intensity of being. And in some sense, when you do that, this is it. You almost don't have to seek the extremes so much so. Mm-hmm. And you just you, you get to experience the nuances a bit more. It's a little bit more high definition, maybe in some way. It's kind of like... Um, one of my favorite teachers, you know, he'll start off his meditations and I love this. And he'll just say, just for this moment with me right here, right now, can you let go of all thoughts of the past and all hope and desires for the future? And just take a breath and breathe into that and just be with me right here, right now in this moment. And it's not to space out. It's just to be totally present and to let go of the, the, the pulling, you know, the being pulled apart into thinking about our future and thinking about our past and just to let go of all that tension and then just relax for the moment and be totally vigilant and present, but completely relaxed. That is such a good place to be. And it takes effort to be there and practice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, we just probably did it. And both of us probably just with me saying that. I know I did. It's like actually the second. Hopefully everyone listening did too. (laughs) And we really didn't have to do anything. We just had to say and allow ourselves to choose that and be like, okay, just for this moment. But I mean, making that choice moment by moment (laughs) takes practice. It does take practice. And to live from that place takes practice. I mean, it's, it's practice. Absolutely. So I have a question for you. So today in your, you know, your work is coaching. Is Mm -hmm. that, is that the right term for it? Yeah. Coaching is such a generic term. It's just, (laughs) it's a bunch of different things. I use that because people are familiar with it, but Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not caught up on the, you know, people thinking and it's a, using it, thinking it's one thing or another. Right, right. So yeah, I coach. So how did you get I there? Coached. Like, what did you do before that drew you to this kind of work? Where it right. Give me some path information. Some path information. Um, absolutely. So for me, coaching, I just uh, preface this for a moment. For me, coaching allows me to create a livelihood and do work that gets to live in this realm that I like to explore, which is living a great life, fulfilling our potential, exploring the nature of our being and our minds and consciousness, having conversations around that, supporting each other in a world that doesn't have a lot of support um, for expressing our beings Mm -hmm. and doing that kind of work. And so coaching fits well with those things Mm -hmm. and it also has a lot of pliability in the sense of it can move into high performance and sports and just you know an infinite amount of uses really but anything that asks us to question ourselves and our identity and then to ask more of of ourselves or to be okay with who we are that gives us in remedies or removes some of our suffering um is just a beautiful thing to for me to be in and to play with and to explore. So what happened with me is basically I'm inquisitive by nature mm-hmm. and I would just have, I love coffee shop, cafe, uh, cafe lifestyles. So for a long time I would spend literally hours and hours in coffee shops, reading and writing and um, having conversations with people I didn't know. And just so I would just be sitting next to someone and I start asking them questions. And almost every time, you know, the question would revolve around in some form or another of like, what's going on in your life? Mm-hmm. What are you up to? What are your dreams? And what are you working on? And um, that just was interesting to me. And it, it's connecting with people. And I was uh, eight years ago, nine years ago, I moved to Portland, Oregon. I think it was about nine, maybe 10 years ago. 
And I gave myself opportunity to spend almost a year, but mostly the summer, just steeped in literature and other things like this. And I would go to a coffee shop. There's I had a couple of different coffee shops that I loved right in the neighborhood. It's Portland. So there's a high right. density. <laughs> there's to, a few options, I think. So, right? Yeah. So literally within a block, I had three different coffee shops uh-huh. and I would use those depending on my mood to reset my day or like I'd start one felt more morning vibe. And, but anyways, I would go in there and I would just, I would meet somebody that I hadn't seen yet. And I would just have so much fun having conversations with them. And then I would read and then I'd find these new discoveries and the things I'm reading and I'm studying philosophy of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I dropped in, I, I go, they call it a mole, I guess. I will go into a university and I'll go sit in on classes that are of interest to me and without being a student or paying mm-hmm. or any of those things. And I just do it just to, um, I, like <laughs> the, I like the theater. That, and that's that okay a, to do that? Or is that more like a... Yeah, no, it's absolutely. So <laughs> okay. you can't do it. Uh, you're supposed to ask. So I would talk to the professors beforehand uh-huh. sometimes, and sometimes I would just go in. Uh-huh. And, um, but that's just how I live my life. Okay. So, wait, but wait, <laughs> I, just, I, I need I, to back I, you up a little more if you don't sure. mind. Um, okay. so how did you get to the point? Like, this is the fascinating part to me. So first of all, I think that, you know, you're who you are today and who, who I've known you to be is obviously really intriguing, but, but what I'm wondering is, how did you get to the point where you let a, where you created a life where you can just you know go somewhere and not be working for a while so you can go and sit in on classes and sit at coffee shops and do those kinds of things and fill that part of you up? How do you how did you carve out that kind of life? Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that is a funny question too because it's it's a great <laughs> question. Um, listen, I that comes back to the the wants okay. that we we're talking about, like not wanting. Um, so. And I apologize if I can't answer a question with a short answer. It's okay. <laughs> it's fascinating. With the hard, I, I apologize that I don't get in and ask more questions in the middle, but there's just, it's so interesting. I keep listening yeah. and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I should say something now. <laughs> yes. And I'll come back and answer, finish answering questions too, because I, I, whenever I listen to people talk and then somebody asks a question and they go on and then they don't ever get to answer the question, <laughs> it leaves me hanging there. And I'm like, okay, I want to know the answer to that. So I'll do the best to remember okay. and come back to that um, about the coaching a little bit more but a lifestyle so early on in life I just saw that everybody for the most part and you know I shouldn't I don't want to use everybody but pretty much um everyone I was around at least said you have to go do the traditional thing so Mm -hmm. all my friends fairly at a young age were getting jobs and they were all of a sudden saying that they were struggling in certain ways because they had to do this or they had to do that. And I'm like, wait a second. So you're basically, and and this is kind of, this is not a true answer, but it is, it has been constructed over time. And it was very true at at that time, Mm -hmm. but because there's so much time that goes and there's so many nuances to it, just have to say that because the, the context of all of these things matter, everything has a context, but basically, so when I was pretty young, um, late teens, early twenties, a lot of my friends started living a, what would you go, you know, I'm quoting air quotes, normal life, right? getting jobs, buying cars, buying nicer clothes, simultaneously complaining about how much they had to work and how they had to do this and that, um, they were out running out of money and so on and so forth. And 
I would point out to them, I was like, well, you bought a brand new car and you have a car payment. You don't have to do that. And then they would find a way to say that they did have to do it when they really didn't have to do it. And so early on, you start seeing this sort of victim mindset and you start seeing all these traps that we put ourselves in. And I, I'm not, I put myself in traps too, by the way, but I just started seeing these traps happen and I didn't want to partake in them. And, you know, uh, personally, like for me, I was, I didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. I went sort of ended up going to college. <laughs> sort of and I, yeah and I went to college and I graduated and everything but I you know was a business major and I was really interested in that world and wait, finance wait you were a business major yeah definitely oh well see gosh. that's the thing about people that's the other thing like I love money I love spending money and I love spending money on really nice things mm-hmm. but I this comes back to creating my lifestyle but I chose a life of like pretty much kind of absurd simplicity and I just didn't have a lot of wants. And so um, coming back to college, I actually flipped degrees. <laughs> the story's so funny to me. <laughs> I flipped degrees from business to English. And part of it was because there's so many things to this, but one of the big um, moments for me in college was a, an insult that I was given by a professor. And also, I love communication and I love writing and I've always been very creative and I love dream life. So I explore the dream world and like dream yoga. So like a, a Tibetan Buddhist practice and I always had a very vibrant dream life. And I always have been exploring the unknown and what's not seen. Mm-hmm. And I've always been asking these questions. So anyways, I always wanted to be able to do, uh, be in that world a little bit more. And a lot more. And basically, um, this professor, he, I was already a, about a junior status in college and mm-hmm. it was, I had, I kept holding off on some of my core classes and that I took the, uh, <laughs> this was a intro to philosophy class. And this was a type of professor who all the kids with 4.0s hate it okay. because he's like, you don't know anything. Don't think for yourself. All I want you to do is regurgitate the information I'm teaching you. Oh. It's like, after you have all these years and da 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 of study and conversation and understanding um, of these philosophies and questions, then do I want to hear your opinion? Hmm. And so he basically shut everybody down, and it was a really difficult class. And but the first test, I got a D on it, and I was like, ah, this hurts. So and there, you know it was multiple choice essay and a couple other things. So I went into him and. He asked me, he says, Emmerich, did you take the practice test? And I was like, no, I didn't. And he's like, well, and then he's like, what year are you? And he's looking at my essay part of it. And I said, I'm a junior. And he, he goes, oh, and just rolled his eyes and disgust at me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. And I was like, and I told him, I was like, I know. I was like, I want to be able to do better. Like, what do I need to do? And he's like, OK, here's what you're going to do. Uh-huh. And he basically just laid into me, but he already spoke a truth that I already knew and that my writing ability and communication ability was, uh, was just not up to par. And it's hard to so, imagine. Yeah. Right. So there's, I have a lot of people don't know my backstory with words and writing and all these things. And, um, I could tell you more of that if you want to go into that, but, um, I, so, I, I think I do, but continue. <laughs> yeah. So basically he said, he's like, okay, take the practice essay and then bring it into me. I'll grade it. It's almost identical to the one we take in class. Okay. And so at that point I said, okay, I want to be an English major because I want to learn how to write and communicate better. And right. even, and I just flipped and switched my degrees. Huh. 
and I let go of everything else because I was still kind of in the gray of what I wanted to do anyways. And I, I loved learning and I wanted to learn more and I wanted to be able to speak up and I wanted to be involved and I wanted to be able to ask teachers questions and have conversations about these ideas that were always within me and wanted to be known, but I didn't have the language to do it. And I didn't have really kind of, in a sense, the courage. Um, I didn't want to be humiliated, I think. So mm -hmm. I flipped and I became an English major and or I started studying English general lit. And, you know, I just was very, I don't know, it just like, it, it, it was part of me that was already there. And then it just became this thing. And I got to this place where I just loved exploring and learning and I loved learning anyways. And so now I was learning more and more and more. And then I just went on this, uh, this journey of learning. And I got to that place where I'd be the first person to ask a question in class and I would be the sacrificial lamb because it was usually a stupid question, but I wanted, <laughs> but I wanted it to get going. You know, when the teacher's trying to engage the class right. and the professor trying to get engaged, nothing is more boring than just sitting there with a professor who's trying to get students to engage, but they won't. Right. And so, cause everybody's afraid to be embarrassed. Nobody wants to look like an idiot. And I happily would ask that question and just be like, all right. And you know, strangely enough, almost everybody wanted to ask the question. So, right. I, was, um, I think I, I was that person a lot too. I was always the yeah. one asking questions first. Very yeah, inquisitive. Yeah. And so to, to speed it up, I just like everything, I just sort of like lost my desire for a lot of different things. And um, I was willing to let go of stuff and then I wanted to explore other stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I, I put that in the forefront of what I wanted and was desiring. And then I paid the price for it too. Um, because even though... There are things that I would have been better off doing to assist myself, like particularly financially while I was exploring and going on this route. Uh -huh. But I, I didn't and I still don't sometimes, to be honest. I I had a, a coach in it who I spoke with once before a long time ago, actually a couple years ago now, I think. And he said after some uh, work with me and some other things and questions and he did a personality like the Enneagram was really fascinating and interesting. He basically told my coach who I was working with that Emmerich is, uh, he will, he will suffer before he'll do something for money that he doesn't want to do. I don't think yeah. that that's a bad thing. Right. It, but it can cause con a lot of consternation in one's world if you don't address and take care of certain things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I don't, it's just been a part of the process. Mm -hmm. So like if you were, to, if you're asking about how does one create that lifestyle, it's like, well, this is what I wanted. So I lived with books. I was in Portland. We had POW books and I would do that and I would go to classes and I was going to meditation retreats because I loved that and I was doing whatever it was and I just enjoyed it. And so it was fun for me. And so I did it and I didn't care what other people said about it. And I still don't. And I still catch lots of flack and judgment from others because I live a weird life. Right. And I don't care. <laughs> right. It's but fun. I mean, you are living. The, I mean, I think what it is, is people aren't willing. Maybe people, maybe you have to be willing to give up a lot of the, what, like, air quote, normal again, things like owning a house or having a place or having a certain amount of financial freedom. And you have enough, obviously, because you do what you'd like to do. But I think it's, it's just weird. Like, I think there's more and more people today doing what you're doing. It's mm -hmm. just that for a long time, people would weren't, you know. Mm. so um would you say uh, that your passion is learning yeah absolutely i love learning i love learning and being mm -hmm. um those things so 
I want to come back to something before if I okay. may. Okay, because then, then I've got a question. Go on. Sure. <laughs> Jumping from like living the way I lived, I think if I would have came into a world where I actually had some other kind of support or some other people around me, I'm kind of a lone wolf. And so I always do things for the most part on my own. Mm-hmm. And that was two things. Like one thing when I, the reason why I brought up the coffee shop thing in the first place where I would go and meet people is because I'd run into my friends later and they'd be, Emmerich, what'd you do today? And I was just so excited. And I like had this amazing, I'm telling all these stories and they're like, but you were at the coffee shop for the last six hours. And I'm like, I know all this happened right there. And I'm like, I met da, 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 da. they were from here. And then, da, da. and it was just like the miracles that exist right within our right, right, so right there. And it was so the same thing. I would do the exact, in fact, I'm going to Portland next month and that's what I'm going to do is sit around and talk to people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so be beautiful for you. Yeah. And then the other part of it is like, I wish I would have had more influence. So I'm not, I have lots of regrets and I'm not one of these people that runs from regrets or thinks that, you know, I don't regret because and I wouldn't be who I am. I, I feel the opposite, actually. I find that there's a healthiness, there's something healthy about having regrets. And, and I think that's, again, one of those things where it's like, I don't want to run or I don't, I'm not trying to pretend for me, at least that I'm perfect or that I didn't screw up in a bunch of different ways that I wish I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to mess up again and I'm going to mess up again and I'm going to mess up again. Cause it's the nature of my life. And I like to push the edge and I like to be mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a jovial idiot at times. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is for me. That's a great um, description. Did you say, did I, did I hear you right? Did you say jovial idiot? Yes. Okay. I'm going to put that in the show notes. Okay. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, but I wish I have support because there would have been ways, and these are some of my regrets, there would have been ways to foster or to create and build my lifestyle that would have supported me. So I could have done a lot more with mm-hmm. what I was learning and experiencing and made a lot easier on myself to do as well. Mm-hmm. Because part of the hardships that I created, because I wasn't building a little bit of a foundation in particular ways, then I'm just saying this because this can, hopefully this can help somebody else that they're hearing right. this. And That's like, great. Yeah. Being able to have something, you know, that will give you a little bit of ease if you're going to choose to do something that's not going to create an income so they have some income, but you can also let that income be something that you're not using to, it's not draining you of mind power. It's something you're just showing up for 10 or 15 hours a week, but it's also putting you around people or in an environment that's also fun and fulfills you in particular ways, but really is about making the money so you can support yourself to imbibe and, you know, spending six, eight hours in a coffee shop reading and having conversations and writing and wandering around a city without having to be anywhere or being able to sleep all, um, all day so you can explore the dreamscape. Um, having that little bit of foundation and some kind of support in that regard uh, is very powerful and would have been very beneficial for me to do. And there were certain things at that time, you know, I'm talking 10 years ago that I was kind of embarrassed or afraid of because I have a kind of a perfection problem Mm -hmm. and it, uh, I didn't want to, I don't want to fail at something or I don't even simple things that people would be like, Oh, that's so, that's no big deal. Why don't you just go do it? I would be a little bit anxious about it. Mm -hmm. And then also I didn't want to commit to it. So I'm just putting that out there. So having that support, it would have been really nice because I would have liked to have constructed a bit more of a a foundation, but I didn't. And I still don't, but I I go about my way in my ways and I'm good with that too. And so all of it. I have a question if if you don't mind. I'm sorry to interrupt you just on that actual thing. So what do you mean by a foundation? Do you mean financially specifically or do you mean something different? Yeah, absolutely. So not just financially, but there is a lot of a financial aspect to it, but there's like a kind of self-care that comes with it too. So, um, whatever a person may need to do to create, cause you know, you're specifically around the idea of like you creating a particular lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going back to my old self, like 10 years ago at that time mm -hmm. where I had an intuitive hit where I needed, I knew I needed to do that, but I wouldn't let myself, I didn't do it. And um, for me at that time, what it would have been was just a simple job that made it a lot easier to, you know, pay rent, buy mm -hmm. food. Cause instead mm -hmm. what I would do is I would spend all my money and then I have to hustle and I have to do a bunch of different things and I would freak myself out and be like, okay, how am I going to do this? And then I would make something happen. And then, but I would run this cycle over and over and that cycle becomes its own trap, right? So mm -hmm. the way we create our life eventually can become its own trap. And I have, this is that relative aspect of being like one person's life is their life to experience. So while we might look at somebody and be like, wow, it's amazing what they're doing. They've probably been doing that for a while mm -hmm. and that might have even become a trap for them now and a lifestyle that they want to escape from or not escape, but get out of or maneuver or transform. And, you know, that's what we're doing in the coaching world is we're looking at that and getting really honest and open with ourselves and mm -hmm. being willing to say like, yeah, that's been great. And I'm doing this and I like these aspects, but I'm not able, I don't know why I'm stopping myself here, but I want something more in this regard. And how do I go about creating it? I need support and doing it because I'm not seeing it for myself. Mm -hmm. And I could have used that at that time. I think everybody can actually. And Absolutely. I, don't think I mean, and I think that's been, I think I've said this to you, but in working with you as a coach, mm -hmm. what the, the main thing, I mean, aside from all of the work that you do and the things that you bring to me, but what really made me want to work with you the most is that you can see my blind spots. Mm -hmm. I can't see that. I can't see where, why am I not getting this thing that I want to do? What is the, and I, and you would just see them. It was so mm -hmm. like, like you have a, like sixth sense or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's something weird about it. I don't know. <laughs> like you need someone like that. You need someone like you or you did or could have used that at that point. Yeah. And we always, yeah, we always write like mentors or other things. This right. can be very powerful in that regard. So but I mean, that's a really long-winded answer to how did I create that lifestyle? What was that like? <laughs> how does somebody go about it? And the simple answer, you know, just the A to B is you just you just do and you have to recognize that there is a price to pay. And what mm -hmm. price do you want to pay for it? And that's okay too. Right. You right. know, and well, everything yeah. perfectly fine if you go for it. There's no, nothing will stop you. I mean, if you go, if there's something you want mm -hmm. and you like, and you basically say, you know what? I'm just going to put my entire life as I know it on hold and I'm just going to go, I'm going to zero out everything. I'm just going to be done with everything as I know it. And I'm going to let all that go and I'm going to go for complete reinvention. And now I'm going to wake up the next morning and I'm not going to be Jane anymore. I'm going to be, you know, whatever you might want to call yourself and uh, say Amelie or something like this, <laughs> French identity, French name. Yeah. And you just do that and then you go for it and you just live into that because you can and it's fun and you get to explore your constructs and see who you are and how right. you can identify and build that story as you desire the thing about it is you can go do that for a year and nothing bad is probably going to happen. Right. You can always come back to being Jane who's doing what she's doing. Right? right. And that is really difficult for us to embrace and understand because it has to be experienced mm -hmm. and it feels like there's so much fear, but in a lot of ways, the things in life are really as simple as, you know, buying a plane ticket. You just get on the phone or online you buy the plane ticket, show up at the airport, you get on the plane, the plane drops you off in another country and all of a sudden you're there. Right. And it's just like, that's it. You know, all you did was do it and got into action. And just, it's, it's really kind of weird how simple some of these things can be. But anyways. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. Because I think that was the, uh, one of the things I did last year when we got yeah. together. Yep. Absolutely. So, so yeah, um, I, there's something I want to ask. And I, I think we have about 10 minutes and I don't know if you'll be able to answer it, but in 10 minutes. So we'll just go as long <laughs> as it takes. But, all right. Um, what am I, well, first of all, let me check this. Is there anything else that you wanted to go back to that you didn't get to finish on, on our conversation? Yeah, this, the coaching part of it really fast, because uh, okay. I have, 
you know, I love studying and learning, like you're saying. So I was, I have studied philosophy of mind and I'll, I'll do meditation retreats and I'll go talk and speak with some amazing teachers, um, who are, you know, pretty amazing and what they do and kind of like top notch. And so I've always been exploring that, that world. <clears throat> you know, I did a psych internship and so on and so forth just for fun. And I wasn't even a student, registered student. <laughs> so, <laughs> just for fun, a psych internship. I was, I, was okay. on the, I was on the way to doing it and <laughs> I ended up working and writing and doing other things with this professor. But um, all of these things just are part of our lives. And I think coaching for me is something that everybody should do in some form or another mm -hmm. because it's just – it's sort of a label – that we, we use to express a way of being honestly. And mm -hmm. I think that, I don't think I know that there isn't enough support and there's a lot of judgment mm -hmm. and it feels so amazing to be around and surrounded by people who are slightly as crazy, mm -hmm. if not crazier than you are and are right. willing to go for it. And they'll support you that in that, and they're not trying to manipulate you or, twist you or turn you into being or living a particular way. They're actually exploring who and what it is you want for yourself. And then they support you no matter what. So for me, like there's no dream that's crazy. That's beyond possible. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. If somebody comes to me with it and it's totally ridiculous to everybody else, I'm like, yes, let's do this. Let's play. And I desire that in my life all around. I love mm -hmm. art. I love you know, people who are musicians and artists and creators and are willing and to go to the edge of whatever it is for them, for themselves. And that is so much fun for me. And I think coaching also lives in that world at, at its best. There's a lot of bad coaching, but there's that at its best is what it's about for me. So, well, and, and it all fits in together in that way. Right. You, you get a coach, you have a, a music teacher, you have a you know, personal trainer, you know, if you're, when you're young and you're playing sports, you have coaches all the time. You might have a mentor, one or two people in your life who really spoke to you. Like I had that professor who just degraded me right before him, but it was so powerful and beautiful for me, mm -hmm. you know, and I think I ended up with a B plus in the class and it, nice. <laughs> my perspective. yeah. So all of these things, you know, you can't help yourself, but coach too. If you're an open, empathetic human being, you listen mm -hmm. to other people, you hear what they're saying, you're not judging them. You want them to not suffer. You want them to be as free as possible. Mm -hmm. And the very cause and effect of this is going to be something that we call coaching. Right, right. And if you can make your livelihood in that realm, that's beautiful. That's great. You know, it's not, I, I love it. I enjoy it, but it's not, you know, I've said this before and maybe I'm just deluding myself, but it's not my path. It's part of it. Mm -hmm. This is kind of gives me, um, if you say like, I would, if I were to really like take myself and label it, it would be more of like a spiritual guide or teacher in that regard. I and agree. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's not the traditional coach. That's, we've talked about that right. a lot because even that term has like a little bit of, it makes me bristle a little bit for sure. some reason. I mean, not outside of athletics, but in the realm of right. lifestyles and life changes and things like that. Yeah. And that's true. And that's, that even happens for people who start coaching. They don't, mm -hmm. they struggle with calling. It's actually kind of one of the biggest struggles with people mm -hmm. who want to coach is that they struggle to call themselves a coach because it, you have to deal with people feeling like, oh, you're a coach, you're a life coach. What is that? And it feels very much like, okay, what do you really have to bring? Right, right. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But Absolutely. The, re the reason why, uh, again, just to finish that answering that question about coaching is that this, like, this allows me to create a bridge to work with other people 
on sort of like you could call it spiritual work or just freedom and being um, and suffering less mm-hmm. and expressing our gifts and our beauty. And so, you know, um, and it's beautiful. The work that you do is, again, I can't say enough about how the impact that you've had on my life and the things that we've done together have been so I don't know, big to me. I mean, they're, they're on different scales probably than some other things that you've seen, but to me, they've been huge. You know, yeah, no, it- powerful for your powerful human being. And I think when you just step into recognizing and living into your vastness, it's a, uh, it's infinite in its ways. Mm-hmm. And the more and more you explore that, the more and more it will show and happen in that regard. But yeah. I mean, it's all in you. It has, it's not me. So, well, something there is, you're somehow helping me see it. And, and that, that's actually something I wanted to mention. Like, I think that, uh, when we're living in this like cocoon of safety, uh, it's really easy to keep surround. Like I think back then, I was always surrounding myself with people who would um, not challenge me. People who mm-hmm. would go, "You're doing great. Everything's awesome. Let's just sit tight," you know. And now, I love I love people around me who will give me that that like have the hard conversations with me, which you're one of them. And I, and I want you to be there to do that. And I have other people in my life that I can go to them and go, Hey, I'm making this thing. I want your like really honest opinion. And they'll say like, you know what? That's not, I don't like that. Or that's not great. And I'm like, you know, you're right now I'll, I'll get, I'll fine tune it. But I, I like surrounding myself with people who challenge me. And part of that is not just their feedback to me, but watching what they're doing and being, being inspired by that. Mm-hmm. It's like I'll see somebody doing something that seems crazy, cha- like crazy challenging to me. But now I'm like, oh, I don't want to hide from that and go, well, that's not me. I can't do that. I'll be like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to get all the way to that edge and do what they're doing because that looks fun and challenging and a, a great opportunity to grow. Yeah, absolutely. You raise the frequency of everybody else around you. Right. Or they do. Or they, yeah, yeah. you pick up on it. So um, mm-hmm. I have another question before we wrap up. And it is, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked a lot about a lot about a lot of the things that you've been curious about in your life. But I was wondering, like, right now, if mm-hmm. there's something new and different that's, a, that's you know, uh, catching your eye from a curiosity standpoint that you're starting to learn about or delve into. Hmm. Usually I have an example and I realized I didn't bring an example with me. <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> I think like for me right now, I would love to learn Italian. I mean, that's, that's the truth. I've wanted to do that for a while, but it keeps coming back to me. It keeps like sure. the universe keeps serving it back up in front of me. Like, Hey, remember this? Remember you yeah. to do that? So I'm like, okay, when can I get to that? Where do I put that in? <laughs> you fit it in. You know I where know. to fit it in. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm not asking <laughs> you. My coaching just, off. It's really, I know, I know. <laughs> Stop coaching me. This is like a podcast conversation. <laughs> what do you know about this question that you're posing that you're not saying out loud to us right now, Jane? Right. Um, <laughs> no, it's but I'm not. I'll be uh, so what's that new out. for me? No. I'm teasing. <laughs> if you want, do whatever. No, I'm totally teasing. So what is what is it for you right now that's like? Yeah. So there's a there's actually a couple of things okay. and. So I'm always playing with identity, but I play with it in a way that's way stronger than I think maybe is really looked at. So identity in the sense of um, being in a sense that this is like kind of we language because I don't even understand it, but it's kind of like changing. I don't want to say changing. It's just like being an influence or a cause and then being being a cause to see how my state of being, how I literally am being in myself, thoughts, energy emotionally and all those kind of things, how that, um, reverberates into the world around me 
and then I can be open to receiving that. Um, but more so just like, like playing with my thoughts and my identity by acknowledging like what it is that I want to create and who I am being and watching how that sort of puts my body and mind and brain into a particular state of -hmm. creation already. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been a fun thing for me to play with. And it's, it's one thing, just like an example is like, I am amazing at focusing and being totally present. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm saying that as like, that's one of the identities that I'm really taking in right now. Okay. And when I do that, and when I acknowledge that, when I have reminders of myself that that's who I am, Mm-hmm. that level of intensity of focus and presence just kind of comes into pl- place almost instantaneously. Oh. And that's sort of based off of just me embodying a state of being in a thought, mm-hmm. you know, this is what it says, who I am. This is how I'm identifying myself right now is like, you know, I'm a master of focus and presence and I already know I'm good at it, but I am. That's like, so I'm saying this to share with you, like one thing that I'm curious about. And that's an example of doing that. I'm also really fascinated by the idea of breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And I'm exploring that as well. So what does it mean to have a breakthrough? You know, what is a breakthrough for one person? Cause I hear people talking about breakthroughs a lot and I don't really know what that is. Like I know what it is, but <laughs> <laughs> you understand, right? So there's something, there's another aspect of a breakthrough where, um, and I'm just sharing a lot with you, but whatever here's, um, you know, it's kind of personal for me, but sometimes when I run or I exercise, like I, I apologize. I cannot answer a question <laughs> really shortly, but <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm like, I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat, like waiting sure. for these words to come out. That's what I'm doing I, right now. Right. I came to playing soccer later as an adult. So when I was 30 okay. is the first time I really played soccer and I was playing adult soccer and it, I have this perfection thing where I want to be good at what I do. And if I'm not, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me because I always recognize that you have to suck at first. Right. And, um, so I'd get on the field and I'm fairly athletic, so I could use my athleticism to overcome my, um, lack in skill, but I would still get nervous and I get caught in mouth and I would just like all the saliva and everything would dry up in me and I'm standing on the field and I'm like, all right, I was like, I'm willing to die right here, right now. Like, and it was, it's that real for me. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. willing to I didn't mean no, that. you can, no, please do. <laughs> um, uh, so I would, I would do that and I would just say like, okay, I'm willing to die right here for this because I do not want to be defeated by my anxiety around however I'm going to perform right here Mm -hmm. or this, like whatever physical, physiological things taking place in me. So sometimes I'll do that also. Like when I run, I'll, I'll say like, I want to be, I don't want to recognize myself when I'm done with this run. I want to kill whoever it is that is Mm -hmm. within me right now, because I don't, I don't want that person who's you know, like saying, okay, I'm going to go, I'm doing it. And this is coming into a little bit of like athleticism as an example, but it transfers to everything. And it may seem extreme, but again, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be your own guru in this regard, but I'm just sharing a part of myself that I don't share with most people. Um, so I would say, I was like, I don't want to be who I was when I first started this run. And so in other words, like if I feel when I'm running, like I start to feel myself say, okay, like come back off of it, take it easy. Oh, you know, just relax on this one. Um, particularly if I'm doing a particular type of run, Mm -hmm. I would see that. And I'll say, no, like I'm willing to die right now to be somebody new. (gasps) That's amazing. Yeah. And so living, having that as kind of a a, a playing in that realm is kind of having a breakthrough of the sorts. Right. And so when Mm -hmm. we're having breakthroughs, it's like that. And it's like, I don't want to be who I was last year. I want to be something different. You know, I want to experience a different part of a different 
me when the, in the coming time. That's a so really different the, concept. Uh, keep going. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No, I mean, that's pretty much it. But it's just like, so I'm exploring, you know, the idea of breakthroughs and all those kind of things are really fascinating to me. And that's kind of just like a taste of what that might look like. Um, and that's just me using words to try to explain right. something that needs to be experienced for you, like whatever it is that would be for you. I don't know. We'd have to sit down and have a conversation about what you want in that regard. But that's, but that's it. You know, I'm kind of having fun exploring those areas and that might sound really extreme, but Oh no, it's actually totally fascinating. Like my, my mind is spinning. Cause I think about, I think about, first of all, breakthrough is a, isn't a word that I use probably very much. And maybe it's, mm. I don't know why it's not one, but I mean, I think of like, instead of breakthrough, I might say something like epiphanies, you know, that's what I was equating it to at first. Mm-hmm. But now I see what you're saying that you explained it. It makes more sense. And mm-hmm. I think that I don't think of like, I don't want to be who I was when I started this thing, but I always think of leveling up. Like I want to be Jane 2.0 or Jane 2.7 or Jane 3.0 or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I don't know if that's the same. I'm trying to like, was trying to add up. Is that sort of the same thing or not? It it sort of is and it isn't. So Mm -hmm. um, also like the other thing I explore, right, is like our potential and possibilities. And so, you know, we aren't really, you know, who we were before when we started this conversation. Right. Oh, sure. Right. Sure. So yeah, like literally we weren't and we aren't. And it's kind of mm-hmm. a clearing out of, you know, who I am and going to like my natural state of being and letting my body and mind be it in its perfection. And that's kind of part of it as well. So when I say like, okay, I'm not going to allow a part of myself to, you know, slow myself down. Mm-hmm. Part of it is knowing that by not lo- allowing myself to stop and to push through Mm -hmm. that, that will automatically sort of rewire the way that I experience and live life. So that one thing, that one experience Mm -hmm. is transferable to everything else. And the weird thing about it for me though, is also that I like playing with things as experiments. I'm not attached to any of them. It's just fun. Like I love having fun and I, I love just seeing like, you know what? whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. This is what I'm doing. That's what I'm creating. And it's just fun to do it. And I really like living in that way. Right. And that's what I want to do. I want to see like, what kind of, what, you know, what is a breakthrough? Like, what is that for somebody? You know, what does it mean to identify ourselves differently? And like, how does that show up for ourselves? Like when you, when you wake up in the morning and you say like, and you go to bed and you live your life from a place, you know, like I'm a badass in the gym. Like I, I can kick ass, you know, I I can do that. Like I, I have this, I rock this and like, da da da. that's just how it is. And you know, what does that mean for you? Like, how does that feel? Like, how does that show up? What are the effects over a six month period of time where you show up in the world in that way? When you're like, that is my being, that's who I am. You know, how do you break through in that regard? What does that change for you? How does it transform your life? Mm -hmm. You know, what comes into your life because of that? And that's just a different way of being and showing up in the world. And that can naturally lead to its own kind of breakthroughs where, you know, six months from now, if we talk, you're, you say, you know, I kind of like played with that idea you were talking about. And I don't even remember that person I was six months ago. Oh, I'm totally going to be playing with it. Let's just be honest. I'm totally already going to be playing with it. The thing is like, I don't want to lose sight of this because I think it's always important. And I know since we're coming close to the end, this really for me is like recognizing that our natural state of being is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And once we, we can see into that area of, you know, letting go of our past and whatever in the future might be, and just being in that space mm-hmm. where we recognize, like, I don't need to do anything. And it's really quite perfect as it is. And I love just being, mm-hmm. and I think that's the true conversation. And then I think the rest on, it goes on top of it. It's just mm-hmm. like the play It's even more play. Right. 
Because once we kind of can get to that place of really knowing that truth for ourselves and experiencing right. that way, right. then we're kind of completely free to play around with, you know, layering ideas of our, you know, who we are and mm-hmm. this and that on top of it for fun and then creating from that place. It's just like a game, really. I mean, it, yeah, it's a everything. game. Exactly. Like everything in life is a game. If we if we look at it that way, instead of like a burden yeah. or a obligation and we just make it a game even the hard thing like what might come along that's challenging in a way that we don't want like if something comes along that we don't want but we look at it as a game and we just go okay how are we going to play this it Mm -hmm. changes everything i mean it changes how we move through it it changes our outcome it changes the people around us and how they perceive what how we're dealing with whatever it is but um as much as we can why not make it a game why not have fun playing you know yeah yeah absolutely I'm on board with you in that regard. All right. We have lots of playing to do. So this was this was an interesting conversation, as I absolutely <laughs> expected it to be. And I might have to go back and study it, though. It's like a study in information. So uh. <laughs> oh, so this was good. Well, I want to thank you for, first of all, um, being the person that um, helped me realize this dream and miracle that I'm doing here. So thank you for mm. your, your part in that. You're welcome. And thank you for showing up today and being present the entire time. Yep, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Jane. Okay. Bye. Bye. Did I tell you that was going to be good? Yeah, I was right. I scored. So with Emmerich, he is, um, he's an insightful coach. Seriously. What he does is he sees my blind spots and it was such a great experience working with him. From this conversation though, Aside from just learning a little bit more about him, which was fun, I really like the part about um, that we don't have to suffer to feel joy. Basically, we can have a new baseline of joy and go, okay, this is awesome. And now I'm going to find a higher level of joy. So living what he called a high definition life. I think that's something really to ponder. You know, looking at where we're at and then going, how can it be better? Rather than thinking, oh, I have to suffer to feel good because that seems unproductive. Anyway, if you are looking for a coach and want to work with somebody who definitely can see your blind spots and who really sincerely wants you to live the fullest, most joyful life that you desire, definitely look him up. He is uh, in the show notes and you can contact him there. Thanks for listening.